Howdy, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. What a journey it's been. Thank you for being on it with me. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, we do this every Monday. And I just appreciate you listening. We have so many interesting things to talk about today. My buddy Bernie is back with me. He was with me last week uh, talking about things like girls with daddy issues, which is important to me. I'm raising a girl, you know, so you want to try to know some of these pitfalls before you get into them. I'm also going to talk about morning routines, which you've heard me say before. I think morning routines are so important, more important than we could possibly imagine because it starts the day. It sets the tone for the, the entire day. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about mine. Bernie's going to talk about his. And both of us have been researching a lot of people with different morning routines. And it's so interesting to me. And I don't still don't think I've figured it out yet, but I, I wanted to share it with you guys on this podcast because I think it's interesting and I think it's important. I mean, if we all had great morning routines and, and set off to start a day the day the right way, I think the world would be a better place. That's a crazy thing to say, but sometimes it's the little things that compound over time. And it's important. I want to give some shout outs as well, like I always do. And these shout outs come from emailing grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. You could also ask me a question. Me and Bernie are going to answer some of yours today. Grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. So I want to give a shout out to Stephen Jones from Iowa, Vince Walker, Grayson Weber, Isaac Rock from North Carolina, Nolan Vienstas, Gloria Strong from Covington, Washington, Mark Wickey, and uh, Rodney Holm, Joe Vanderhorn from Buda, Texas, shout out to Texas, uh, Kenneth Pattiston from Arkansas, Tyson Lindbergh, from Washington State, Justin Chambers. What's up, buddy? Um, who's this for? Doesn't say in the subject line. Jen R. from Maryland. Thank you, Jen. Austin from Scotland. And Bowden. I appreciate all you guys for writing in and, and getting the shout-out. And if you want one yourself, Podcast at gmail.com. Even more importantly, ask a question. Anything under the sun could be music related, could be life related, could be anything. I want to talk about it. This is episode 68. Buckle up. Here we go. Yee yee. Sidekick Bernie back for the second week in a row. Second week, different hat. Had, I had yeah. to I had to gear up this time. Yeah, got a Yee hat on. Um, Bernie is longtime friend, known him for twenty one years, and was on the last podcast when we kind of went over how we met and 
what good advice you give me and what I think a, a, a benefit you'll be to other people that listen as we go through some of these questions. I have a question for you because you've crushed the, the 2020 era in your life and you've just done really well mentally. I'll put it that way. When I am trying to improve myself, because I always want to be the best version of myself. Sure. And admittedly, I'm not always. At any point in time, you can go, man, I'm, do- I'm doing really good right now, or I'm not. And I'm not talking about financially or career. or in- I'm just talking about as yourself, how well are you doing compared to what you want to be or or are capable of being. So my question I usually start with is what's your morning routine? Because the morning sets the tone for your day. And anytime mm-hmm. I get in a funk in my life, it starts for me in the morning, starting with the alarm. Mm-hmm. And then what do I do in that first hour to set the tone for my day, which really sets the tone for the week and then the month. And then before you know it, you're in a good rhythm. So mm-hmm. Bernie to you, what would you say your morning routine is now and how was it during the 2020 craze? Sure. So uh, morning routine has been something that has evolved a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that it will evolve just as it probably has for you. Um, but for me, I'll, I'll just take you through. I wake up at 530. Um, I don't snooze. I get out of bed. First first time alarm goes off. Uh, my wife's still sleeping. Um, I go put my workout clothes on. Um, I make a cup of coffee and I go into a, a time, a, a quiet place. And I have a time of meditation for about 10 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Do you um, use an app for that or you do it? On I, your... I use Headspace a lot. Yep. Um, I've gone off of Headspace sometimes, but, um, Headspace is really the one that kind of got me in, into the routine of it. I've actually advertised them on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, so I do that and then I move, I, I typically like to do that because I think that there's a lot of, you and I have talked about dreams in the past and like our subconscious mind and the supercomputer. And I think that if you get into these, uh, times of just really like, um, focusing your mind on your breath and just kind of listening early in the morning that you can kind of start to like there's things that were happening when you were asleep in your mind that kind of like start to pop up and like maybe things you were thinking about yesterday and you couldn't figure out what to do or whatever. And all of a sudden it just kind of like lifts up. So I like to do that like very first thing. Hmm. Um, and I usually don't even drink any coffee before I do that. It's almost like first, just kind of get to that place. Um, so let me, let me just like pause you intermittently. So you use your phone for headspace, Mm -hmm. but you obviously have your phone on airplane mode or something What, or sorry, just silenced yep. because you don't want to open your phone and see a message from yep. Twitter or your friend or so yep. how do you get to headspace on your phone without right. that? Um, well, uh, first my, my phone's always silent. Uh, I never have my phone on. Um, I don't have social media on my phone. I don't push my email notifications. Um, so, and unless someone has texted me in the night mm-hmm. um and i see like an icon but i mean after a after a while of just having the habit of like no this is just where i go um yeah i'm not really tempted cool cuz i also know that 
that's going to get me out of this place. It's going to it's going to skip me ahead into my day. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not ready for that yet. I'm just waking up. Yeah. And I I'm totally. committed to the routine, so I'm going to like stay there. Um and this and again, this is like I'm I'm not one of these like you know, very kind of uh overly disciplined militant kind of guys. Like I'm I'm just a guy that has over time learned Hey, these things make me feel better to start yeah. the day. So yeah. as I can kind of like use the habits to stick with, um, I just think things have gotten better. So after that's over, um, I immediately go into a time of just prayer and stillness and I get into um, a devotion. Um, so I'll read a devotional from somebody. Um, I'll um, My brother, uh, who is amazing, has just taught me about uh, Bible arcing. And so, like, really starting to dig into the texts, um, into the dig into the scriptures of like, what was um, the situation? What was the purpose? What what was coming out? What was the context of all of this stuff? Um, just haven't you know? I have three young kids, um, career, everything. So, like, doing these things early in the morning, like I waking up early, I have the time to uh, to really spend with it. So, Bible arcing. What is that? <clears throat> so. And again, I'm very new at it. Yeah. You know, Jason talked to me for uh, like three hours on the way back from East Texas not too long ago. And I think I grasped like the basics. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you're basically breaking down like a couple different verses or, or a couple verses together of like, okay, who who is it speaking to? Um, what What are they saying? What is the response to what this part of the verse is saying? And you're... Once you start to do that, it's really just spending time. We understand things deeper when we spend time with them. Like if I spend time with you and I ask you, oh, well, why did you do that thing? And you tell me about some situation that really developed that. It's like, oh, I know you deeper now. Yeah. So it's really just a matter of trying to understand the scripture deeper, not like the coffee mug scripture, but like, what was the context? What did this really mean? And trying to put those together. So I, I, I try to spend the next half hour or so you know, doing that. Um, so about 40 minutes has gone by now. Yep. Um, uh, write in my journal every morning and, uh, it has been over the years. I've probably done journaling since I was, I mean, since we met, since I was 20. Physical um, copies. Yep. Um, I have journals that I write in. Um, and so I'll also have time you know, towards the end of the year, different times in the year where I'll go back and read some of those things yeah. or read journals from like, you know, 2006. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I was such an idiot. What am yeah. I thinking? Yeah. Uh, but I think journaling and just having a place that's quiet and still to kind of get out thoughts and all those things. So um, move into journaling and then, um, and then I'll go into a workout and that really, depending on the day, um, I'll practice yoga. I'll, do some silly runs, you know, like some uh, trail runs or uh, go run hills with my buddy Andy at Swift ATX. Follow him. Mm-hmm. Um, but depending on the day, I'll get in the workout. Um, I'll get that done. Um, I feel like you have a morning shake that you do yep. every morning. Okay. So uh, my wife just got me into these, uh, you know, like kale and cocoa and almond milk and, you know, uh, I, so I'll, I'll make one of those or she'll make or we'll make them for each other, which is really great. Um, that's, right after now, the wor- that's after the workout? That's after the workout. Yep. I'm trying to be specific because I'm thinking if I was listening to this podcast, I want to know, yeah. you know, the timeline. Yeah. So we're, yeah. we're at about 
Six fifteen to six thirty. Oh. You're then working out. Yep. Okay. Yep. Six fifteen, six thirty. I hit that. Um, I typically work out start around six fifteen and go till about six forty five or seven, depending on kind okay. of what it is. Um, so one thing that my wife and I started doing um, is cold showers. So in between <laughs> moving on uh, to uh, you know to the next thing after, uh, b- before the shake. Um, the cold showers hmm. and she's the one that started doing it and told me about it. And I listened to this thing about it and I was like, I'm going to give it a, a shot. And it's not so bad. Like your brother Tyler will say, it's not so bad in the summertime where you're sweating and it's like crazy hot outside, but you get into like these winter months and you just reach over and turn <laughs> that thing to cold and, uh, it really hurts, but there's a lot of health benefits, you know, uh, both ways. And I've really just felt, um, it's helped me mentally, just the discipline of, um, like we've talked about before, you know, like seeking pain in your comfort to find comfort in your pain. So you texted me that one random day. I did, yeah. And you said, and this is classic Bernie slash Granger conversations, but, you know, we could go for a month without saying anything. And then you randomly texted me and said, man, I got to tell you, what happened, you know, these words that came to me when I was taking a cold shower and it was, yeah. And it, it's one of those things where it just, you know, it's that supercomputer, it's that subconscious it's whatever it is that just, I was in there and I was like, this is the stupidest thing you've ever done. Why are you doing this? Uh-huh. And then just that line kind of popped in my head. You seek pain in your comfort to find comfort in your pain. And which basically means I could have easily in my, my comfort would have been a warm shower. I could have easily done that, but instead I opted to no. I'm going to do a cold shower so that when I don't have the option for a warm shower, I'm going to find comfort in the fact that, Hey, you've done these cold showers for a while. So I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, you know, like, uh, mental, you know, sympathetic nervous system. There's a lot of science and biology that, that goes into that, but I I've started doing it. Um, and I, uh, I do it as every time that I take a shower. Um, then we go to the shake. Um, one thing during COVID that has been really great is um, um, I've stayed home um, and I've gotten to like see my kids after I work out and have my shake and like either before they're going to school um, or um, if they're online school and we're just all there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, just get into kind of like have be a part of their the beginning of their day because I, I before I wasn't a part of the beginning of their day it was more like they would see me when I got right. home I would be out of the house early early uh, I would be going downtown to do my workout to our office downtown to do all of that routine but right. um, it's been just a, a really uh, pleasant surprise or not surprise but like a grace to to be able to kind of have that implemented um so the next thing I do is I have a tablet that's called a remarkable tablet. Um, it, it has, it's, there's no blue light. It looks like a piece of paper, but it's a tablet. Right. Um, and there's no notifications that come to it or send out of it. Um, it's basically a place that you can really kind of disconnect and start to really plan out your day, um, uh, that you can write, that you can sketch, that you can, um, just kind of like have something to like dialogue stuff, but um, it's also, you know, you can take notes and then convert it to text if you wanted to. What's that called again? Remarkable. Remarkable. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, and it's just helped me be able to like have a place that I can plan that's not my phone, that's not my computer. And so I have a schedule every day that goes by the hour. 
and uh, time batching is another thing that I kind of like start preparing for. Okay, yeah. this day. Can we talk on this podcast about time blocking? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so um, I will, um, you know, I have a, a prayer that I say basically every morning and try to like prepare myself. Just what is it? start with gratitude. Um, God, thank you for the habits uh, that you're putting in my life. I pray that everything I do today can glorify you. Um, I have another one that I say at the end of the day that's basically the same thing. Thank you for the um, the privilege and the resources that you've given me. I pray that I've used them to your glory. Now that I'm clocking out, I pray that you clock in and do the invisible work to continue your will in my life. So good. Um, so the and, so and, good, and again, Bruce. these these things are like oh, over a long period of time have just you know it kind of have the oh yeah I li- I like that so I'm gonna like keep doing that I'm gonna start doing that I'm gonna tweak this. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I get into my, uh, really my day planning. Um, and that's where I feel like I set myself up for, uh, being productive in that day. Um, you always, uh, have to, I I think preparation is really key because there's times where, um, somebody will, I'll bump into somebody Mm. and, the best thing that I can do is be present with them and listen as long as they need me to. But if I'm so caught up in getting to my next thing that's on my schedule, um, I'm going to totally miss that opportunity. So I almost have to anticipate and work that in like, Hey, I need to prepare a schedule, but I need to give it time to breathe so that if Grizz calls me and needs to talk, I'm not going to be like pushing back appointments and all of this stuff. And a lot of times, uh, you know, with work, you know, you know, whatever career you're in and like, um, I've found that it's been really great marketing to give your time to people because that one person recognizes like, man, they talked to me and they were present and they listened to me. They go out and tell everybody, anytime they hear your name, they're speaking, man, that guy is amazing. And then that kind of like builds a reputation, but it's an authentic reputation. Because no one likes the guy looking over his shoulder at, at whoever else is walking in the room. Yeah. No or, one likes that guy. Yeah. Or like, hey, oh, I got to go. So, Or hold on one sec. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, those kind of things. So um, that's kind of the morning routine right now. I'm sure I left some things out, um, but... Let's talk about, because at lunch today, you talked about the news source that you get, and that goes into that day at some point. Yep. So before I start checking email and kind of, I, I feel like email after you prep for your day, I kind of have email checking as one of the things in the time blocking. Um, I read a, a newsletter called Morning Brew. Um, and I feel like it, it is kind of my news outlet. You know, it's, I, I feel like it's kind of down the middle. It gives, it's, it's just straight journalism, uh, reporting facts and, uh, having different links from different sides and everything. And it's it's really just trying to gain perspective, different perspectives than my own. I can't just consume things that align with everything I believe. So it's gaining these different perspectives. Um, and it's in a way that I feel like I can really understand what they're saying and kind of keep up on some of the news. Uh, again, because like I'm not on social media. Um, I don't really cruise the internet. I don't watch a lot of TV. So, um, And that gives you sports, sports entertainment, politics, Technology, technology, uh, COVID updates, you know, things like that. So, and then at that point it's like, okay, if we have to start the day, let's, let's get to it. And that's when I check my email and like 
kind of figure out. And by that time, it's probably eight eight thirty. Uh huh. Um, and most days that I can do that, uh, I feel I, I feel set up, and that I have I've set myself up to to be productive that day and successful that day. Um, that's the standard. Yeah. And, I understand. And, and and I will say that your brother, in the midst of a really difficult time that we've both been through, yeah. Um, I had begun to lean on my feelings more than my standards. I was relying on how I felt, and I let that dictate my morning routine. Yeah. And your brother, Tyler, sent me something, and it for whatever reason, it just really rocked me and, and reminded me, Hey, healing is found here. Like, get back to your standards. Mm. And I felt like after I started kind of getting back in that routine, um, I just, I I started to heal and I started to find um, my way forward. What did he send you? Do you remember? Yeah. um, He sent me a, a video by Ben Newman called Feelings Versus Standards. Mm. Yep. Yeah, Tyler is a um he's a machine when it comes to that, you know, his time blocking, his scheduling. Yep. He's also single, not married, lives in a, in an apartment on top of our office building. So he, you know, he does have space in his life to do that. Sure. Um but he does set a really a really good standard. He's the guy that got me into Miracle Morning December of 2018. Mm-hmm. It's when I first started my. It's when I first realized, and I was I was hearing different guys on on uh, different platforms talk about their mornings. You know, you've you've heard for years like um, Mark Wahlberg. Here's mm-hmm. his morning routine. Like mm-hmm. it's you know, and they list it out in some magazine. So I've always been interested in that. It successful people. What do they do in the mornings? Mm-hmm. But then I became kind of obsessed with it, and that's when Tyler first introduced the idea of Miracle Morning, and, and December 2018 is when I first looked at it and said, "Okay, from when you wake up to when you start your day, you separate that into could be could you could start at 10 minutes, mm-hmm. and you could end up like you, and it could be two and a half hours, but in that time, you're setting your pace for your day, and." So many times, like I don't, I don't even sleep with my phone in my room anymore. I sleep, it's in a separate room and my watch wakes me up. And because I don't, I want to avoid the temptation of first of all, getting in bed and looking at my phone. And second of all, God forbid, waking up and looking at my phone first thing, Mm -hmm. looking at and seeing a message from someone or a group me from someone or a. Uh, an email or God forbid social media of some bad news. Mm-hmm. I mean, there you started your Set day the tone for the day. Yeah. There's no way to recover from that. What time do you go to bed? Um, typically I go to bed around 10 to 10 30. My wife is a night owl. Yeah. And if I could, if I had it my way, I'd go to bed at like eight, <laughs> but totally. you know, like I, uh, I definitely understand that like, Hey, there's something, you know, to be said for us. Like, you know, our our evening kind of routine of, you know, going to bed together, praying together, like, hey, let's let's keep that. And so um, I can sacrifice that. It's fine. The cool thing is when you set a morning routine like yours, you don't have to set a evening routine because you're going to be tired enough. Yeah. You're worn out. Yeah. 
and it's, you know, it's 10 o'clock and you're like, I got to go to bed. And what I typically say to people that are, are struggling or they're stuck or they're just lethargic of in some way or form, which has been almost all of us in 2020. Mm-hmm. If, if you feel that way, radically change your morning routine. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said about how your alarm goes off and you don't snooze. Cause I'm, I get so guilty of going through patterns of snoozing, 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 mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm a better person. If I just get up, set my, if I want to, if I want to snooze, then I should set my alarm to that time right. <laughs> that it was going to snooze to, right. you're going to get yeah. better sleep anyway. Yeah, that's right. But if you radically change your morning and set, you know, time block that specific, those things that, that help grow your, your mind and your peace, mm-hmm. um, then you'll notice the calm that starts happening through your day. Mm-hmm. And then your, your nights will start getting earlier and mm-hmm. earlier and it changes your exercise. It changes your eating. It changes how you listen to people when they're talking. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's, it, to me, that's number one start. I mean, and yeah, why not start with, uh, yeah. when you wake up. Yep. Start with when the day starts. Yeah. So I love that, man. I love that story. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just I would encourage anyone listening that's that's like, man, I'm just kind of I'm kind of stuck right now. Start start right now. You listen to this podcast and go, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a couple notes and I'm gonna set my alarm for. Let's say say you go to work at, you leave the house at seven thirty typically. So then back up, I would say back up an hour from that. Instead of mm-hmm. setting your alarm just in time to get dressed to leave, mm-hmm. back up another 30 or 45 minutes. And that's literally like you just reverse 30 or 45 minutes or an hour. And then build this little schedule of I'm going to, I'm going to, for 10 minutes, I'm going to sit in silence. For mm-hmm. 10 minutes, I'm going to exercise. For 10 minutes, I'm going to, write a journal and it's not, not like some sweet 16 sappy journal. It's just like, it could be, you're talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. So it could be like feeling tired late night, last night, a lot of stuff going on in the world, excited about Friday with my friends done. Yep. Yep. I, I feel like we need to be reminded of the truths of our lives and we forget those. But when yeah. we have that there, the best part of having it is being able to look back at it and be like, Oh, Man, God was faithful here. Yeah. Oh, oh man, I can't, I forgot about that. Like, and just those are truths of our lives, and like having reminders of those is is great. Yep. I'll start with the morning. So, yep. um, do you want to get into some questions? Yep. Let's do it. You are really good at this. So we're gonna dig into your questions. Granger Smith Podcast at Gmail dot com is the email. If you want to ask anything, that or just a shout out or piece of advice, whatever it might be. GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. We'll get back and we'll get to the first question. Thankful to have sponsors for this podcast to bring this to you guys so that you could listen for free. The first one is Best Fiends. You know, I try to find these connections with my kids through things that I grew up with, whether that's games or movies. And so many times I find out that the, the movie or game that I thought was really cool when I was a kid is completely outdated now. So I'm always trying to find new ways to connect with them. And so last time I did a, an ad for Best Fiends, the game, I c- cannot believe that I got home and I told my kids, I was like, hey guys, I, 
did this game, played this game called Best Fiends and talked about it on my podcast. And they're like, you know, Best Fiends. So evidently that's a cool thing. And that gives me good dad points because then we were able to sit down and this game is really cool. It's really hard to stop playing this game. It's super colorful. They have all these really cool characters. You always want to beat your last highest score. And it's on a side note, really fun for me to play with my kids. And games have just come a long way since I, since I was growing up, right? So they're just way cooler. This is Boredom's Worst Nightmare. With over 100 million downloads, the five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Best Fiend uh, is, has a cast of friends who will solve each level, and then you defeat the slugs, the slimy but cute bad guys. With Best Fiends, the fun never ends. And no exaggeration, there are 5,000 puzzle levels and counting. So if you were worried that you'd get to level 3,247 and run out of fun, uh, it's not going to happen. There's always another update, whether it's more levels or new events. So the game just keeps on changing, and you keep on wanting to play it. Here's your call to action. Download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends, but without the R. Best Fiends, F-I-E-N-D-S. The next sponsor for this podcast is called Headspace. It's very ironic. Bernie and I talk about Headspace on this very podcast. Bernie, in fact, uses it, uh, and he's not endorsed by it in any way, but it's just, it's a really, it's a good way to focus in some kind of brain relaxation. You know, you could call it meditation. You could kind of start thinking that it's spiritual. It's not. It's just as resting your brain as you, as if you would rest your body because you need to do that. Even in the new year, it's hard to start a new routine. But if you're one of the 34% of all Americans who made a resolution to not be stressed, Headspace is here to help you. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only is one of a kind, the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever your situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. You literally just push play, put on your headphones, and boom, for three minutes, you're back. You're back to normal. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. That means... In other words, it's really good. Headspace makes it easy for you to build life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. If you desire to feel better, you deserve to feel happier. And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash Granger. That's headspace.com slash Granger for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every kind of situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash Granger today. I also want to talk about Athletic Greens sponsoring this podcast. And this is a company that I, you know, I make shakes every morning. Bernie and I talk about that. And I always try to supplement in the shake with protein and different kinds of things. I always supplement some kind of powdered green. And so this was right up my alley when Athletic Greens called and they said, hey, you want to try our product? You want to talk about it on the podcast? I said, well, before I do that, Send it to me. Send it to the Yee Farm. So they sent us a big box. We all got it. It seems all the all the shippers in there got it. Me and my brothers got it. Hayden got it. And we all started trying it this week. And so I put it into my shake. I had it this morning. And it's actually really good. It's good enough 
for a, a scoop of greens, it's good enough to have with just water because it has this sweetness to it. That's all natural. That's just, it's, it's really good. So right off the bat, I was like, okay, this tastes good. So then I started, I started kind of digging into it and I found out that it has 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more. They all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, increase energy and focus, aid with digestion, and supports a healthy immune system, all with without uh, the need to take a whole bunch of multi-products. Um, it is... The one holistic formula based on the latest research producing 53 iterations. I mean, this, this sucker is packed with everything that you need and it actually kind of tastes good too. So if you've never done anything like this before and you might not, you literally just take a scoop and it's like a green powder and it's basically chopped up everything that you don't want to eat in your salad and you, you just put it right there in your shake and, or in your water and, uh, and you're done. So, for you guys, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system during the winter months. They're offering my audience a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. If you visit my link today, you'll basically never need to buy, buy vitamin D again. So whether you're looking to uh, for peak performance or better health, covering your bases with Athletic Greens makes investing in your energy, immunity, and gut health each day super simple, tasty, and efficient. So visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Granger and join health experts, athletes, me, health conscious go-getters around the world who are trying to make a daily commitment to their healthy lifestyle. Again, visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Granger and get your free yearly supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. All right. I'm going to scroll through some of these questions here. And I made, I made some notes from the last podcast that we did. I kind of got some emails put together. So I'm going to go a little bit random in here. And thank you guys for all the kind things you said about me and having me back on. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I wear this shirt all the time. That's what it is. Like... <laughs> okay. Um, this says, hey, Granger, my name is Austin. I'm reaching out from Princeton, Kentucky. I'm a guitar player, singer, songwriter. I wrote a song or two. I'm a big fan of music and how you deliver the message to your listeners and just how much heart and soul you pour into your songs. I've listened to your music since 2012, and I was just wondering, what are some good tips or advice on the music industry? What to look out for, things to get the ball rolling, how do you... How do you unwind? How do you get to a place to write and edit your songs when you write them? Uh, I've been a little bit, I've had a little bit of trouble editing where it, trying to make it sound, trying to make it sound better. I just want to ask you if you had any advice on how to help me with that. I've been following your podcast and all of your songs. Love all your music. Keep them coming. God bless and yee yee. So this is a good one for you, Burns. I kind of pulled this one out for you because mm -hmm. you are a, um, musician, singer, songwriter, not actively practicing, but once you are, you kind of always are. Sure. And this is okay. like the question from a yeah. beginner. How do you get the ball rolling? Like how, how where do you start? You, it's so overwhelming to think I, I could write a song, but then 
How do I get it? How do I get anyone to listen to it? How do I record it? Where would, what would yeah. you tell Austin? Um, I would tell Austin, um, I, I feel like, uh, we learn the most from our failures. Um, <laughs> I'm not totally. saying necessarily that my music career was a failure, but, uh, this ain't the, you know, this ain't my podcast. So obviously I've moved <laughs> on to different things. Um, but, uh, I read a book called so good. They can't ignore you by Cal Newport. So good. I've read it too. Yeah. And I think this book may be something you need to check out. Um, it speaks to really honing your craft. And we have this craftsman mindset versus a passion mindset. And a lot of times we think, you know, Austin is passionate about music and I'm going to write these songs. And that was me. Like, I was so passionate. There, You would come to a show or hear me play. And it was like, there's no lack of passion. But um, I, it wasn't until after kind of reflecting back on music that I realized I never really took the time to like perfect my craft, to really spend hour on hour writing songs and writing songs and writing and playing the guitar and learning, you know, scales. And I just didn't do that. I floated along with just writing on passion alone. And um, so that would be my advice to you, Austin, is just spend as much time as you can honing your craft and knowing that it it likely is not going to happen overnight. I know it didn't happen that way for Grange. Like, I mean, how, I mean, this guy has been grinding and grinding and grinding. And even when you've gotten to where you've gotten, you keep doing the things that got you there. You like yeah. continue, continue to hone your craft, keep writing. Um, and I think the more that you kind of push into that craft, um, uh, the better uh, the music, the songwriting is going to be. And, uh, you know, the point of that book is that you will be so good that people can't ignore it. And just like, oh, Austin, he doesn't do, you know, it's like, whoa, man, Austin has got something we need to listen to. Um, as yeah. far as the like practical nature, um, it feels like a lifetime ago that I did it. So Grizz may be able to talk about like, how do you make it sound a certain way and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, that would be my thing. Just grind on that songwriting, grind on playing, get really, really, really good at it. It starts with the song. So you, you could you could only, they used to say in the music business, you could only shine a turd so much, you know. So you can't edit. I mean, there's no amount of editing you could do on a bad song to make it finally sound good. And if it's a really good song, it just doesn't need that much editing. That's right. That's a good point. So you could have a really good song just recorded on the voice memo of your iPhone and with the scratchy background and dogs barking, and it's still a really good song. So I would just would not focus in the middle of your question here about um, you've had a little bit of trouble editing where it sounds better. I would just continue to finish new songs. So write a song, finish it, and and continue to try to start a song and finish it, and start another song and finish it, instead of taking the one song and picking it apart so much to try to make it sound better. Just move on. Keep moving and build that that repertoire because then you can go back. You could always look back and go, oh, what? You know what? That I remember a song I wrote last year, and I just figure out a way to make that bridge better. Here's the idea. And that'll just come naturally. So don't get stuck on one song. Just keep moving. 
Um, there is no secret to making it in the music business. And the, if there was a secret, it would be maintain that passion that got you in it from the beginning and have that the rest of your life, whether you're playing on a street corner with your guitar case for tips or whether you're playing in an, in an arena. Do it because you love it, not because you want to make it or you want to you want to be famous. That's a ter trust me. That's a terrible uh, aspiration to have. You need to do music because you want to do it and you love it so much that you want to do it at a big level. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, good luck, buddy. And yeah, it's great. Don't dig too much into editing. You're uh, you're in the right right place. Uh, here's one that the subject line is wild at heart, which is. Of course, we talked about this in the last podcast. It's a great book uh, by John Eldridge. I recommend it to any boy out there. I know we have a lot of young boys listening, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, because I see your shout-out emails coming in. And then we have a lot of dads. And so it, it's important also for dads that are raising boys to read this book, Wild at Heart. Um, cannot recommend it enough. And here's a question that says, I just started listening to your podcast and have listened to the latest four episodes. I found this book in May and read it back then. What would you say to men that are struggling with what it mean, means being a man because they never got that confirmation from their fathers? Which, Wild at Heart talks about the, the injury to a man's heart that happens from a father. And everyone has some sort of injury. Some are bigger, some are smaller. But the reason everyone has one is because no man or father is perfect. Mm -hmm. Everyone has flaws. That's just how it is. Um, and the book talks about boys needing that confirmation from their fathers of that they are on the right path of becoming a man. And if they don't get it, they struggle with and we've all seen the guys that either you struggle in a way that you're overcompensating we've all seen that like i'm a man <laughs> or uh they struggle in a way that's um they're forever a servant to everyone else and and never themselves so there's there's kind of two spectrums and the book does a really good job of explaining that but burns what would you say um and I'm not sure if Alex here is asking for him because he mm -hmm. says, what would you say to the men that are struggling with what it means because they never got that confirmation from their father? I don't know if he's talking about mm -hmm. himself or just in general. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's a very common question. Sure. Everyone deals with it at some level. Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and kudos to you for <clears throat> for asking the question um, because I think – therein lies you know part of the answer is um being vulnerable enough to accept your own reality and your own uh hurts everything that's kind of happened to you in your life um and and not to wear those as you know anything other than what they are don't try to mask them um yeah, I, I think there's probably a lot of resources that would tell you a lot of different things um, of what a man is and how to be a man. Um, I think really it comes down to you finding security in who you are. Yep. Confidence, 
and complete security in who you are, regardless of how you were treated growing up. And um, so maybe the question is, is, who are you? Maybe that's what you don't know. So like, if you're struggling to figure out how to be a man, maybe it's because you're struggling to know who, who am I? My identity has always been this. And maybe you're realizing for the first time, that's not who you are. And so, um, and in the public eye, there's a lot of mis misreads on mm-hmm. what a man is. Like, is a man? Does the man mean that a real man has his finger on a red button that could just blow up everybody? Yeah. Or does a man mean he's the dude with the biggest truck in the parking lot? Or does the man, the guy that has the most kids? Yeah. Or is the man the guy that's never got married because he's single and like? Yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of like m- misinterpretations on what that might be. When when Burns was talking, I pulled up this poem because I love this poem. It's a great great poem to read on this podcast by Rudyard Kipling. It's called If. Do you know that poem? I don't think so. So I would say I'd say read this poem because for me, this is a great just a great interpretation of what it means to be a man. And so it says. Try to pull up my phone or I can read it right. I feel like my eyes are getting bad. It says, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you could trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too, if you could wait and not be tired of waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you could dream and not make dreams your master, if you could think and not make thoughts your aim, if you could meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same, if you could bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to, broken, and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools, if you could make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss, And lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you could force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they're gone. And so hold on when there's nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you could talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings nor lose the common touch. If neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you. If all men count with you but none too much. If you could fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything in it. And which is more, you'll be a man, my son. That's really good. That's uh, the poem, If, by Rudyard Kipling. Alex, that's um, your question. What would you say to men that are struggling with what it means to be a man? I would say go to that poem and just dig it apart, man. Just dig it line by line. Yeah. Walk with kings nor lose the common touch. That's a great line. Yeah. Yeah. Great question, Alex. Yep. See, we got we got time. We could do another one. Oh, this is a good one. I saw this is the title uh, Kids in Politics. It says, Hey there, Granger, I'm Eric Johnson. 25 years old from Salina, Kansas. I hope to see you around here again sometime soon. My question, I have a 20-month-old son, 
and I shall be working on a second here sometime soon. I'm going to try to leave yours and my politic, my political views out of the conversation, but I was always pretty ignorant to politics before the 2016 election, and that election really opened my eyes to everything going on in this country and how much everything has been pressured in political views on people, let alone all the political BS that's going on. I will definitely do everything I can to keep my kids' eyes wide open to the world and keep their views and hearts pure, but make sure that they also know how the world in our country works to keep them knowledgeable to the world and not too ignorant to things without pressure. My question, though, is that with all the political influence in the world, how do you keep your kids away from all the negative influence do they know how much might be going on and what do you explain to them or do you just try to keep them out of it altogether? What are your plans in the future when you talk about this with them? Granger, I'll be honest with you here, but I'm really not much of a religious person, so faith may not be able to help me much on this one. Eric Johnson. Another good question. Yeah. It's heavy. It's er, And Eric, that's early. You're asking it early because you have a 20-month-old son. So it's good. You're getting a head start on an important question. It's not like, it's you know, London for me is 9. Boston for you is 10. So our oldest are 9 and 10 and ironically named after two cities (laughs) Boston (laughs) and London but but they're they're definitely at the ages when they're they're watching they're soaking up this stuff and and first and foremost before they watch the news before they watch social media or TikTok or before all that they're watching you they're watching you and they're watching you watching it so they're watching how does dad respond to news. And so you ask, how, how do you keep your kids away from all the negative? Well, it starts with what is negative? Are they watching dad throw his boots at the TV? Um, are they watching dad throw his phone over the back fence? And why is dad so mad? So they are learning from you that politics affects dad in this way. And if it doesn't affect you in a negative way, Daddy, what's going on? You go, ah, it's just just grown men in Washington arguing again. And that's how they look at it. Then it's not going to be that big a deal to them. And when all the friends pressure them into thinking it's a big deal, um, you get like the, the, the poem, if, keep your wits about you. When everyone else is losing theirs, you keep your wits. And I think that's that's first and foremost is, is in politics and kids because – there's a reason that they have age limits on everything in life, driver's license, alcohol. It's because kids are not ready for adult things. They're not ready for adult problems. Mm -hmm. They don't need to invest themselves in adult problems. And so right now it's about training them to, to control your reactions to the world. What do you do with your kids? That's, I, man, I think you, hit the nail on the head. I think that they are watching us even more than we know that they're watching us. Yeah. And uh, it, it, the example that you gave is, you know, pretty ironic because a lot of times people will try to shelter their kids from 
anything different than what they believe, anything negative. But the way that they're responding to that is teaching the kids something. Um, I love that you're asking the question, especially when they're that young. Um, as a parent, I think half the battle, more than half the battle is just showing up and caring and, and trying. So in the end, you can say, man, I gave it my best shot. They are, they're going to understand. I understand now that my mom and dad were human in you know a pretty crazy world, and they were just doing their best. And they did their best for me to like set me on the right path. Um, I, I think there's something to be said for them being exposed to certain things in a, in an environment where you can help them, uh, understand it and you can help explain, um, why that person is talking to that person that way. What, you know, what, cause those are the things that kids probably don't understand a lot of times. And, and if we, if we shelter them from it and like block it out completely, yeah. Um, eventually they will get exposed to it and it's like they, you know, kind of freak out. But if we can expose them to, I mean, things like politics and political division and, um, but a whole gamut of different, you know, um, struggles and sufferings in life in the, still in the nest, then I feel like that's going to help them properly be able to process when they're seeing things and you're not there. Absolutely. I I would I would use your home as a place of comfort for them too. So say I don't think you should be sitting around watching say riots on TV with your kids. But if you do and it's on TV or you say you're at you're you're at a place and there's a TV on and, and it shows some violent riots and kids ask about it, I would say I would say something to the extent of, I want you to know that people disagree in this world and people don't always see eye to eye, but when you're with me and you're in our house, you're always safe. You're always safe with me. And it's just building that, ah, okay, good. Because you could see it and you can go, is that coming to our house? Yeah. And and reassure them that no, <laughs> that happens in the world, but not in our house. Not with me yeah. and your mom. Not with yeah. your siblings. It's this yeah. is your safe place. We'll yeah. always have each other. We'll always look after each other. And nothing bad is going to happen with us in our core family. Yeah, I think the goal as a parent and um my wife and I talk all the time about like we wanna we wanna be the people that our kids come to later in life when they're having struggles or they're like going through something. Yeah. But if we don't practice that now, then they won't do it later. Yeah. So even from the youngest age that, you know, your kids start to see things, never miss. Uh, and I know I do it all the time. I'm like, man, I should have told him this. Yeah. Uh, like take the chance to like, Hey, Boston, this is why this. And um, even if it looks like they're not soaking anything in, um, and they're just like, can I go play now? It's like, I'm trying to teach you something. Yeah. yeah. They are, you know, they're, it's, it, it's all coming in. And what it's teaching them is like, my dad loves me and he's trying to teach me. Even if that's it, my dad loves me and he's trying to teach me. Yeah. Even if they don't grasp what you're trying to teach them. Um, I hope that, you know, in my extensive research of child psychology, which is, <laughs> which is none, um, but I, I feel like that, that, you know, uh, in my experience, 
from growing up and, you know, with my kids now, it's, it's the best I got. Totally. You, you could either protect your children from the world or you can prepare them for the world. Yeah, and there you go. You, you could protect them all day long. They're going to come out and eventually they're going to leave the nest. And all those lessons are going, the world is either going to teach them the lessons or you are. I would much rather teach my kids the harder lessons than a teacher in, or mm-hmm. a principal in an mm-hmm. office or a boss yeah. or a, a friend down there. I'd much rather teach those hard things where I can control the way I want them to learn it than eventually they're going to, if I don't, somebody's going to teach them. The t- principal's going to teach them or a, just something. So, yep. yeah, I would say uh, preparing them for the world is a better avenue than protecting them. And uh, I wouldn't, first of all, dude, Eric, you got a 20-month-old, soak that little boy up. Hug him, kiss him every chance I get. you get, squeeze him. Don't worry about politics and him. Yeah, That's way down the road. It's good that you're asking it. It's good you're thinking about it. But, buddy, that's down the road. We can't control tomorrow. All we have is today. So soak that little boy up. And when the time comes and he's 7, 8, 9, 10 years old and he's asking questions about the TV, you'll be ready for it then. That's right. Grizz could be president by then, and it's all and, and <laughs> nope. everything's going to be all good. There nope. won't be any political. It ain't happening. <laughs> ain't happening. Come on, man. Your advice. <laughs> no, we're just going to be on this podcast. Okay, together. I'd, I'd rather do that. Comment below if you want to see more Bernie. If you want to say more Bernie on the comments, because this dude uh, he, he drops some drops some wisdom on you guys. Appreciate y'all so much. Email GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com and we'll we'll get your questions answered. See ya. Thank Yee-yee. you guys. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel. Hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee-yee.